welcome to the Good Hard Story Podcast, where we believe that the good story and the hard story can be the exact same story. I'm Katherine Wolf, and I'm a stroke survivor, a speaker, an author, and co-founder of Hope Heals. Tune in here every week for conversations about wholeheartedly living in a good hard story. Join me in this joyful rebellion to the darkness where we discover the treasures hidden in our hurting. Friends, even 15 years after surviving a stroke that left me with lifelong disabilities, so much of my pain is still a mystery to me. I've spent many days of my life in darkness. In some ways, I'm still in the dark today, honestly. I don't have all the answers to why hard things happen, but I have learned to find treasure in that darkness. I want the same for you, friend. If you're looking for a companion to walk alongside you on your darkest days, I've written a new book just for you. It's called Treasures in the Dark, and it's available for pre-order today at treasuresinthedark.com. I'm so excited about this book, friends, because it speaks so honestly about processing our pain. It's divided into 90 short, easy-to-read devotionals that take specific moments from my life and apply them to your story. The book arcs from hurting to healing and finally to hoping. Honestly, this is the book I wish I would have had with super consumable little entries for my journey. Today, I'm pulling a story and a little bit of treasure straight from the book. If today's podcast resonates with something in your soul, I want you to get your hands on the full version of Treasures in the Dark. So, if you pre-order today, you will get the following. A downloadable guide for how to pray in the dark, which is packed with over 20 pages of bonus resources. Number two, a series of personalized email messages that speak to your specific pain. Number three, immediate access to the book's introduction. And number four, an invitation to a special virtual conversation with me. So grab your copy today, friends, at treasuresinthedark.com. Now, let's get to treasure hunting together. Honestly, this is the book with those short, easily consumable entries that I wish I would have had as I've walked through various seasons of deep trial. So let's go. Friends, today I feel so blessed to get to share a bit from entry 17 of the new book. Now, we are in the Lenten season when you are listening to this, and yesterday was Ash Wednesday. So I will be sharing a super relevant entry. Well, first, I guess I should say, in case you do not know or need a little refresher, 
On Ash Wednesday, Christians around the world observe the reality of the death of Jesus and honestly, the reality of our own death as well. In our weird, death-defying modern world, especially in the West, we give so little room for contemplation of death, mortality, any of it. Recently, I think it was two years or three years ago, but recently, Jay and I updated and signed our wills on no other day but Ash Wednesday, if you can believe it. Honestly, like, I think we had signed our will, you know, 10 years ago, but these things don't get updated much when you've got, you know, disability in the story. We had a second baby. We made a cross-country move, and life just got pretty nuts, so that fell to the back burner as these things have a way of doing. So somehow it dawned on us to do it again, and it just worked out that Ash Wednesday was the day we would sign our updated wills. And as I am looking at my very strange-looking chicken scratch-esque signature on that will, knowing it's Ash Wednesday, it was a weird deal. I got to be honest. It was the strange... Um, kind of hit you upside the head reality that, um, whoa, our time here is limited from dust to dust. Whoa, this is, this is a lot. For those of you listening who have never seen my handwriting, um, it's something special. I got to be honest. I um, have great difficulty writing. Unfortunately, my right hand was the hand um, affected by the stroke. So I have no fine motor coordination in my right hand. So you would think my brain would eventually switch to letting me be left-hand dominant. However, my brain is just one of those strange brains that will not switch. So I have not, even 15 years later, become left-hand dominant. And thus, can you imagine your handwriting if you were to write with your other hand than you write with, your non-dominant hand? Yeah, that's my handwriting. And because of just all of my issues, it's extremely slow. And uh, my signature, which is pretty, pretty weird, um, on the will that day, just really did something strange to my soul. Honestly, the intersection of the will signing and the liturgical calendar was just a poignant reminder of mortality, literally seeing the chicken scratch. And mortality is a synonym for recognizing our humanness, if you didn't know. And honestly, in short, to quote from the book directly, I recognized I'm going from dust to dust with a whole lot of mess in between. Ecclesiastes 3.20 says, All come from dust, and to dust all return. Mortality probably feels pretty irrelevant to most of us. 
something you know you'll think about one day when you get real old and you're forced to think about it. I'm young. I'm healthy. Why would I remotely consider such things? Thinking about death is about as relevant as paying for health insurance, also, which we didn't even know if we had at the time of my stroke. In fact, um, it wasn't until after I was in the hospital that Jay, with trembling fingers, checked his email to search if we were still auto-paying our catastrophic plan from when we had moved to California. We don't think about death any more than we think about things like getting health insurance until you need it. However, getting familiar with the reality of death might just be one of the most important practices that we can take up, truly. In the recent study in Social Psychology Review, people who meditate on death regularly, one, make better use of their time, two, express more empathy and gratitude, and three, invest more time in relationships. So for me, after brushing death so incredibly closely and without mourning at 26 years old, my mortality has forever been on the radar to today. Um, not a day goes by when I don't think of it honestly. And I'm actually strangely grateful for that fact that I really live with death as part of the, my daily life. I think about it. And um, I wanted to share with you guys just some things I've learned from nearly dying. And I pray that hopefully you haven't nearly died, but maybe you have. But either way, I pray that these can be um, things you meditate on, which is some important lessons from nearly dying. So number one, Contemplating death helped me give up control. Befriending our mortality helps us surrender the illusion of control. Now notice, I did not say surrender control, just the illusion of control. The reality is that we never had control of our lives in the first place. Clinging to the illusion sets us up so much for disappointment and frustration. You've probably heard me talk about this so much in the past. We are all called, in my opinion, to expect more of God and less of this world. And I don't think we do that. Our expectations are always going to be that life's going to be amazing and I control my own destiny and I control absolutely everything and I'm in total control. And the reality is, no, you're not in control of anything. Honestly, it's a different talk for a different day, but what you do have control over is your reaction to what happens to you in this life. You have total control over that. Back to this though. We can live from a place of surrender acceptance, and flexibility when we face how fragile life actually is. Number two, contemplating death gave me clarity. Contemplating death 
gives us definition in our here and now real lives. When we truly internalize the fact that this life will all be over very soon, pain seems easier to bear, honestly. And pleasure seems even more poignant. Everything means more. When you know you've got a finite number of days, you live them differently. What a blessing and gift that is. Death makes life finite and therefore all the more precious every moment of it. If we let it, awareness of death cuts away the excess in life. All the drama, the trivialities, the needless worry. It clarifies the things that are, in fact, worth paying attention to in the first place. Number three, contemplating death prepared me to face other losses in my life. There's the end all, capital D, death that we will all experience at some point, every one of us. But there are also lots of little d deaths throughout all of our lives. I'm sure I do not have to tell you that there is so much loss. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you probably know the super poignant story of me camping with girls, with a group of girls as children And then just this past February, just a year ago, getting together for our 25th um, reunion of not being camp girls anymore, of being big girls now. And as 40 and 41-year-olds, we checked in, um, as you do on a reunion, on each other's lives. And not a single woman has had a perfect life. Big surprise, every single one of us have had trials of all different kinds. And it was extremely poignant for me and for all of us, I have no doubt, that none of us thought it was going to be like this when we were little girls. Every single one of us had no idea what was coming. I doubt hardly any of us would have been brave enough to accept the assignment. And yet, Here we are, and facing losses is a part of life. And truly, we can face loss more equipped when we are contemplating death. It prepares us for the other losses. Experiencing grief after loss means having proof that you had something really good in the first place, which means contemplating loss makes us recognize the good things that we have right here and right now. You know what I mean? We can truly see the good stuff all around us. There's a famous story in Eastern philosophy where a student asks a teacher how happiness can exist in a world where so much loss looms all around us. The teacher responded, He said, you see this glass? For me, this glass is already broken. I enjoy it. I drink out of it. It holds my water admirably, sometimes even reflecting the sun in beautiful patterns. If I should tap it, 
It has a lovely ring to it. But when I put this glass on the shelf and the wind knocks it over or my elbow brushes it off a table and falls to the ground and shatters, I say, of course, when I understand that this glass is already broken, every moment with it is precious. Every moment is just as it is, and nothing needs to be otherwise. I think that is so incredibly profound and true. Let's live like we're already all knowing where we're going, which is to die. How then shall we live? I have so much hope for restoration after my death. But I don't want that hope for the future to overtake all the goodness to be experienced right now in these present moments. I don't want to miss it, you know? I imagine you don't either. The right here, the right now, the good things that are in your story. In this Lenten season, starting yesterday with Ash Wednesday, will you join me in inviting death to become a friend rather than a stranger? It sounds a bit counterintuitive for sure, but I don't want you to miss out on the gifts mortality has offered to me. Okay, now time for a closing thought that is a direct quote from Reflection 17 Dusty. Resisting our humanity serves us in no way. Whether we acknowledge it or not, our busted up dustiness is a fact. Instead of sweeping it into a corner of our consciousness or collapsing it in a hopeless pile of ashes, I want to believe my life can be a little garden plot where divine love might choose to grow good fruit on my journey from dust to dust. Thank you for listening, guys. I am so excited for you to get your hands on every entry, every reflection in this special book. So don't wait. Order your copy today and let's start talking about all the things before then. Find me on social media, at our website. You know where to find me. But stay tuned. We got more good stuff for you. And happy Lent. Always kind of weird to say happy Lent, but I'm saying it because it is. Happy Lent. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us on the Good Heart Story Podcast. To learn more about what we are doing, follow us on Instagram at Hope Heals. Check out all things Hope Heals at HopeHeals.com. Don't forget to subscribe to this wherever you get podcasts. And please feel free to share this episode with somebody who needs to hear it. Good Heart Story Podcast is a production of Good Heart Story, LLC. It is produced by Leah Case and Mary Austin Hall. And I am your fearless and fabulous host, Katherine Wolf. Come back and join us every week 
where we believe that the good story and the hard story can be the very same story. We are with you and for you, friends.